That's it. That's the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems. And as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, we're in a video store somewhere. You know, time to come find us. Yes, video stores still exist. And of course, guys, the Honorable Tesla is right here next to me. And the fantastic Miss Frida is on the weird cubed uh, beanbag chair next to me, sitting on a corner. Somehow she turned it, and it's a literal 3D cube. She's sitting somehow in the corner. She's defying physics, but that's the fantastic Miss Frida for you. And of course, the very illustrious Butt Maestro himself is here, buddy. How's it going? Hi, Admiral. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another podcast that mostly talks about movies, sometimes cinema-adjacent things like video games and TV shows. Uh, and as you probably noticed from the intro, this is going to be an interesting month. We've been hyping it up for a little bit. Uh, now we finally get to tell you what we've been having uh, in the oven for a little while. Um, it's box box office, office bomb month. Now, box before we get bomb. started on today's, uh, first off, I have to talk about what you just heard before we started talking. Uh, I put exactly I as love much effort intro. into that as the filmmakers of these movies did into these movies, which is a lot at <laughs> first, and then when it gets overwhelming, just fuck it. <laughs> there, there's your intro. That's it. You're done. That's your intro. So yeah, hope y'all enjoyed. That. I laughed so hard at that. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, one more thing before we get into uh, the meat of today's topic. Uh, I feel like it wouldn't be box office bombs month. It wouldn't be a special month in the video store if we didn't have a resident statistician, uh, Glados. Do some math for us. Hey, Glados. Hello. So, the movie we're reviewing today uh, for Box Office Bomb Month, week one, is The Adventures of Pluto Nash. That came out, what, in August 19th of 2002? Correct. That's what I have on here oh, as okay, well. Sir. August, August um, 16th of 2002. Yeah, you were very, very Oh, I'm close. sorry. Three, day, three days late. Very uh, so, so, GLaDOS herself. What can you tell us, box office bomb-wise, like statistic-wise, anything... With statistic related items. I feel like I'm just going to start this off with just a quote, which is always just someone's opinion. It's not science, it's not math. This is just a quote, but it is heavily okay. regarded as, quote, one of the most expensive box office flops. And this was by the LA Times back in 2014. We're going to play a little game of high low here. We've got two wonderful contestants. We're going to see. Um, <clears throat> We're going to start with just the budget alone, okay? We're at high-low game. You just okay. tell me we're going to go by millions, okay? Just by millions. What okay. is the budget for the adventures uh, of Pluto Nash? I'm going to go with $22 million. Okay. Honey, that's just the marketing. Marketing was $20 million alone. <laughs> really? Marketing was $20 million. Wow. That meant okay. that 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 means they had eighty forty four. They had eighty million. Forty four million. Nope. No nope, budget. Hundred million. million dollars. A hundred million. What the hell? Are you serious? Hundred yeah. million dollars. Now technically, that means only eighty million went into the film itself, whereas twenty went into the marketing. Right. But still, well, also you got to divvy that up. You got to take like. Uh, twenty million set aside specifically for Eddie Murphy, and then you have to give other money and all that too, right? 
That's I mean, all if that. You that's can all that. figure out the salaries of the actors and everything, oh, which geez. is still, you know, a production cost. But like, yeah, you could, you could probably, we could probably deep dive this and, and snip it apart. Though most of that information is pretty uh, nip, nip and sealed. That being said, I do have some pretty okay. fun breakdowns for what they made overall. Oh, okay. So the actual draw take. Do you have, do you have a commercial and international, or just uh, in states only? Domestic or in general. I have the domestic total overall. Okay. I have the domestic opening weekend. And I have the overseas okay. overall. Okay, let's go with overseas. I want to see how this movie played out overseas. All how right. does this movie play out overseas? Overseas, a total of two point six million. Okay. Okay. Two point six. After a hundred million. Mm-hmm. After a hundred. Okay. And that's just overseas. All right. Opening that's just over- weekend. That is okay. Opening weekend. Okay. In general, this is encompasses domestic and international. Correct. For just opening weekend. Okay. Two point one. Two point one. Okay. Which is supposed to be the peak, because you don't typically make more money after opening weekend, unless you're Avengers Endgame. Yeah, right. unless unless you're some kind of franchise movie. Uh, or you know, or if you're Avatar, or if you're Avatar, or yeah. Avatar. Um, yeah. Now a lot of factors have come into this. Back in 2002, though, for the most part, you were supposed to make the majority of your money opening weekend. Especially. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. What was the opening? You were good to opening weekend. Like specifically, I want to know the opening uh, domestic box office. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. That's all good. The the opening. For the domestic box office, forgive me, I, I now, it's just the opening. I don't know if this is overseas and domestic totaled, but for opening weekend is the 2.1. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Go on. It's, the, you were talking statistic-wise and all that. I'm sorry. I do apologize. No, 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 hon. You are perfectly fine. I'm, I'm rambling on about numbers because I love numbers, and if I could, I'd make a podcast, a podcast all about math and numbers. That would be my podcast. Those do exist. The podcast number podcast. The podcast number podcast. The podcast number podcast. That's no, number file. Y'all, y'all know CG, CGP Gray? His co-host, yeah. Brady, has a podcast or a YouTube channel called Number File. All right, well, on the number five. noted, saved in my memory from now on. Uh, they didn't right. make much after opening, I'm going to be honest. They really didn't. They made maybe double. They got to 4.4 for domestic overall. That okay. means their total gross, seven point one including... million. Wow. Oof. Wow. All that being said, <laughs> let's wait, get wait, into wait, wait, why wait. this movie didn't make that much money. Wait, wait, wait. I got one last question. If you don't have an answer, that's perfectly fine. What you got? Do you have the amount of money it made back with DVDs or after, like, VHS or whatever? I don't think so. I think that's part of the domestic income, even though it's not necessarily, like, the, um, it's not a theatrical income. It's not cinema income. I believe that domestic incomes, and this is something that can be, you know, pending further research. We can do updates with, with the internet and with Twitter and such. Uh, always be plugging. Uh, Cinema Gems, yep. uh, Cinema Gems underscore pod. And that's for Twitter. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, um, actually. And Cinema Gems pod is just Instagram. 
Yes, yes, CinemaPod for uh, Instagram. If you want to um actually us or um actually me and tell me that I was wrong or that you have some more fun facts about this, uh, CinemaGems15 at gmail.com. Yep. Email us. I'm checking the email right now. I'm checking to see what's up. So, all that being said, just, just you have overall, one more thing. I know you have one more thing. Overall, this just really quick, brief math. Uh, with a budget of $100 million and a gross of $7.1 million, it means it only made 7.1% back. 7.1%. Yay! That's, yeah. Uh, don't, don't you have an Eddie Murphy quote on there, too? Oh, well, the, I, he's been quoted multiple times in interviews as saying, Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. I think two or three people maybe liked it. Hey, I'm one of those two or three people. <laughs> Let's wow. get into this movie. So, it starts off, uh, I believe it starts off with Wide Shot of the Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Wide Shot of the Moon, and we go in, and the moon is now kind of sort of colonized. There's like these gambling towns on there. Um, cause, cause gambling is about to be, or is right now legal on the moon, but not on earth. And I think this is supposed to be toward the end of the 21st century, right? Uh, yes, it's like the ninth, it's like, no, nineteen. it's like the 2080s. Uh, okay. so this theoretically could fit into a Star Trek timeline if you try it hard enough. Oh my gosh, of course you'd be the one to say that. You know, because there is some progress in space travel being made, but they don't have phasers or anything yet, but they're past bullets, it looks like. It looks like they're using plasma for their... Anyway, I'm going to get into the guns in a little bit, because that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, right after the opening... And it's called Little America. Yeah, it's, it's Little oh, America man. on the moon, and right after the opening, I don't know, song, if you want to call it that, piece of trash... Uh, we're immediately showed how much better the music in this movie can get beyond whatever songs are happening or supposed to be happening in 2070 whatever on the moon uh, with John Powell's amazing score. Now, if you haven't heard me talk about John Powell before, he's the amazing composer of the How to Train Your Dragon movies as well as uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. He also composed for hey. John Powell is one of my favorites. He's up there for sure. Um... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, it's 2080 when we do this opening sequence, and then seven years later is when the movie is set. Okay. So it's 2087. 2087. Okay, cool. Sorry. I just wanted to specify that before we go any further. So, Pluto Nash, sitting at a bar. Um, we find out he just a got A shitty-ass bar. A, sh a shitty, shitty little bar. Um, being run and performed at by... Uh, Tony Francis. Well, he's not Tony Francis yet, but he's about to be. Um, yeah. Being run, run by Tony Francis, he's putting on this little, he's calling it a Scottish crooner bit. Um, and I always thought this was, this whole bit was funny as a kid, but I also didn't fully get like everything that comes next of the gangsters coming into the bar and going, you owe us a shit ton of money. And Pluto being like, nah, I'm going to bail him out of that. And I'm going to buy this fucking bar. Aww. So Pluto you didn't know that when you were a child? Cool and gets himself a bar. Refurbs the whole thing. Uh, we cut to seven years later. 
after he prevented uh, these gangsters from pouring battery acid down Tony Francis' throat. And of course, he inspires him to, to take the moniker of Tony Francis and turn his whole Scottish thing into an into an Italian thing, ripping off uh, the the crooners like uh, like Frank Sinatra and all of them, and D. Martin and all of them. Yeah, which I'd like that. Uh, I like when we get to him later. It's really like it is in the. It's 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 like remembering. It's, it's very much a Dean Martin. It's very much a, a Las Vegas show starring one of the correct writers. Correct. Correct. I I love uh, it. I actually really do. Okay. Uh. So seven years later, uh, we meet a young woman, uh, Dinah Lake, who's played by. And we also see that Barry. people in the future don't know how to fucking dance, but they also really know how to move in rhythm. They just don't yeah. know what to do in rhythm. But they're all like have they have great timing, just low performance. Uh, uh, but we have a play by the very illustrious and wonderful Rosario Dawson. Sokotano, who is the daughter of a friend of Pluto's called uh, Nikki Sticks. Yes, <laughs> and I love that he's like, oh, he owes me money actually, so get out of here. Uh, but he feels bad for her. Uh, and then he gives her a job waiting tables, but she wants to be a singer, and he's like, no, you can wait tables. Um, and then we also, uh, they have some people come up, uh, to try and buy the club off of him, and we get to meet Randy Quaid, his character. Yep, Bruno, who I, I love this character. I know a lot of people have really criticized this character for being weird, for Randy Quaid being weird, and... I'm not going to get into how fucking weird Randy Quaid as a person is. Pretty fucking weird. Um, He's fucking insane. Besides that... I love this character. The only negative thing I have to say about this character is his weird silver jacket with all of the buttons along the, the, the stitch lines of the seam and down the spine. Like There are all these tiny little grommets or buttons that do nothing. And that's very annoying for me. Otherwise, I love Randy Quaid's character. I fucking love the android Bruno. I love the weird voice manipulation that they do to make him sound like GLaDOS almost, but not our GLaDOS. I, I and he's a uh, he's an inferior, I think, 63 deluxe model. He's an older model. Android? Yeah. It, it, like, Pluto he's over 20 years old. He immediately establishes himself as a guy that we all know. A guy that always prefers the older model of a car or appliance or computer or whatever because they know how it runs better than the new yeah. models. Yeah. Uh, and so then uh, some guys come up and uh, uh, I think he's played by... Yeah, he's played by... um. He's accosted Joey Pants? by... What's his... Well, no. Uh, what? Jo- Joey, Joey Pants? Cypher from The Matrix? Yeah. And also the uh, the um, the police chief and bad boys. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, him and Kelp are keep. Is it Kelp? Um, Is it you Kelp? mean the cross-eyed dude? Yeah. Who I can't find on IMDb for some reason. Victor Varando. Yeah. That, yeah. Bit, bit of a weird character, but okay. I don't know. I don't know if that actor is just permanently cross-eyed in real life. Wow, he's actually was born legally blind. Oh shit! Okay. 
due to um due uh, uh to him being an albino or albinism or because he's an African American. He's an African American who's albinistic. Uh, I'm sorry, an albinistic. So I'm assuming that means albino. Um, uh, and he grew up in uh Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he is. Uh, he he's he's born legally blind, so he is legally blind as of now. I don't know if he's got it fixed or whatever, but he's a really good acting career. That's all I have to say. Okay. This movie, I don't know if I've seen any of his other stuff really. All I gotta say is this movie, I like him in mainly because he plays that character to the T. Like he plays the character he's supposed to play. Yeah. Um, but they come up and they're like, uh. We wanna, we want, we want. Rex Crater wants to buy you, and he's like, "No, I'm not buying." And you know, then uh, the Cipher and uh, Kelp destroyed the actual. Yeah, bomb the absolute shit out of it. Fucking destroy. Uh, Sorry, Miguel. So then, yeah. So then heads over uh, to another bar that Rex Crater owns. Gets ambushed, but he knew it was gonna happen, so he's okay with it. Uh, and then. Uh, they head back to this, uh, not, it's not a hole, it, it is a hole-in-the-wall hotel. It's a very hole-in-the-wall hotel. It's a, it's a hotel. sleazy little motel, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those motels you find inside the road, um, that you, like, you need a place to cra- literally wake for, s- sleep for six hours, then wake up and drive. That's all this is. Yeah, yeah. Um, um and then we get the, the meet- owner because, again, they yeah. keep, they keep establishing that before we met him... Pluto Nash had a pretty illustrious, um, uh, you know, career in crime. R- real hopping. Moon crimes, I yeah. guess. Uh, which, uh, I'm going to touch okay. on this a few times, but it does kind of beg the question, why didn't we do that as a movie? Why, like, that would have been, prob- I guess, so much more fun, like, his adventures as a real hopper versus this weird gangster espionage thing from like a bunch of semi-retired people <laughs> i don't know why okay. they thought that would be so appealing i like it but like i don't know again there's so many instances in movies and tv shows where you can point to something and go you could have made a whole movie about that that thing you skipped right. that thing that you just time jumped over <laughs> this is just one of and those then things. we uh but, yeah. And then we all good. We also get to meet his one of his old friends, Peter Boyle, uh, who's uh, who's Roland, uh, who's a yes. retired police detective. Yes. Um, I don't know if he knows him specifically, but I think they know each other through uh, Pluto's mom, who is played by the foxy Pam Greer herself. Yes. I met her once. It is one of the, that was one of the best experiences I've ever had uh, meeting anybody. Uh, really, I didn't, besides know, you Carrie Ellis. I didn't mm-hmm. know you got to meet her. Yeah, I met her at uh, at Comic Con, okay. uh, and uh, I accidentally was late meeting her, and I was like, "Oh, it's because I was doing this this thing on try to meet uh, try to meet a girl at uh, the speed dating," and she's like, "It's all about love, baby. You good? You can talk <laughs> to me now." And I was like, "Wow, wow! Well, I think I have a now, photo." <laughs> yeah, I think I have a photo that she got that she signed. I'll try I have to find it. Uh, I have to find it throughout these boxes. Um, but uh, so Peter Boyle, 
uh, tries to help him find out this guy. And then, uh, while, as they're in the hotel room, they go and hang out with, um, they go on to do some other thing, and then they come back, and they get to meet Pram Greer herself, um, Pluto's mom. And for a mother character, and a guy who's, I'm assuming, at, in this time and space, uh, time and space, that he's about... Pluto Nash is about in his 40s, 40s. 30s or 40s, somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah. That is a very healthy relationship to have with your mother. Yeah. Who who you are like uh, 20, 25, 30 years difference. That is a great relationship to have with your mother, and I wish that they showed more like actual fun-loving, endearing relationships between... Uh, mother and offspring on 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 like actual cinema yeah i don't know how you feel about that yeah i like it okay. and then we also get to uh they they decide to find out that apparently rex crater rex crater is clone is a clone or knows a cloning person so they go off to go do this thing and they smooge Remember the part where they're like, oh, she got, we got to work on his butt over here. And I'm like, yeah. wait. So they're basically trying to track down, uh, they, they, um, they're we trying watch to find this out movie, who the Rex Crater is. And they're trying to find, like, okay, uh, what if someone was linked to this guy who used to do cloning? Well, uh, the, the doctor died a long time ago, but she had a partner. Uh, she kind of went into hiding, and she's working at this body alteration place. So they go to the body alteration place, and that's what—that's when what you're talking about happens. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to so really they, they, linger on this scene for too long because, in my opinion, this is the uh, one of the weakest parts of the movie. That no, when I'm I was a kid, I kind of liked it, but now that I'm older, I'm just like, I—I I don't know. Skip past this. This is just too indulgent. <laughs> Well, see, my thing is, is if you're going to have Rosario Dawson herself in this movie, why are you going to talk about how she needs to get an ass adjustment? That is like, one of several fuck? things wrong with this scene, yes. <laughs> there, there are, there are so, several things wrong with this scene. So, that's a big one. Yeah. So, they trap the lady, pretend to be, pretend to be cops. Uh, somehow, I don't know if they get the money back, but I like that the money in the future is Hillary Clinton's face. Oops. <laughs> they, they were I thought that hopeful. was hilarious. I appreciate their optimism. I thought that was hilarious. And it's even better now. That, that ages every year. That ages even better right. every year, and I love it. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they, they try and go... They gotta go to the other part of... They gotta go to another settlement on the moon. Uh, so they steal a car... Uh, and the electronic butler is played by John Cleese. I love this part because I love oh, John absolutely. Cleese in almost everything he's in. Yeah. I don't think he's done anything where it's he's it's bad. I don't think so. Yeah, I can't off the top of my head think of any role he's done that was just objectively bad. Like maybe Shrek Three, but that's not his fault. That was just a badly written part. He what? He, that was Eric Idle. You're no, talking about the king? I mean, he was no, the king in Shrek 2. Yeah, he's also the king in Shrek 3, and they write him out of the script. 
Oh, I was going to say, they, yeah, he's only in it for maybe two seconds, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, so they get so they get this scene where they go off and they have actually a nice conversation, and I like that Pluto Nash is trying to get Dinah drunk while uh, Bruno is driving uh, to what's the place they're to? Oh, they're going to some place that nobody knows about, but Pluto Nash. Basically, his old bunker. Yeah, they're, they're going Bruno. to his old bunker with with a bunch of so, Earth relics and shit like that. So they head over, and John Cleese is like, blah, 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 blah. And otherwise, like, shut up, Jeeves. Dude, go ahead and do your stuff. So they head over, uh, and they get there, and they find out who Rex Crater is. That it okay. could be a Zarasta Marichu. I am saying that horribly wrong. Uh, but John Alec Travolta. Baldwin's character. I'm sorry, yeah, Alec Baldwin. I don't know why I said a John Travolta. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> You mean what I know? John Travolta. Uh, and they start getting uh, they start getting attacked by uh, Crater's henchmen. Do you want to talk about the French maid scene? I think you want to talk about the French maid scene. Um, I love that he is embarrassed. That he's like, oh, that's just an old program. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like this is the exact uh, equivalent of uh, forgetting to delete your browser history. Oh yeah, uh, and I love that Bruno wants to date her so much. Like, yeah, he's, like, he's oh. a robot. He's a younger robot. Whatever. Yeah. We've all seen Futurama. We know Bender. Yeah. Uh, so then um, they go ahead and they infiltrate the base that they're at, um, and so then they head out. And I love the the actual like them jumping on the moon. I like that it's realistic. It's not like Oh, they're running. It's like they're actually, you know. I lo And I also love everything about this scene in general, like when, when it blows up, because it's actually how it would be in space. Like it actually would depressurize, and that's what I liked most about uh, that is how not entirely accurate the movie was, but you can understand what I there mean. There are that, efforts correct? made. There, there exactly. are some aspects of the movie where considerable amounts of effort were made. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, um, the writing comedic timing is not one of them. Yeah. And so then um, they decide to take the car and jump craters. Uh, so they jump craters uh, and they land and they crash. Um, and I love that Rex Crater's henchmen come up and they're like, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And they see John Cleese going, you can pick me up, please. I know something about the individual. Just leaves John Cleese, and then he's out of the movie. I was very upset. I thought he was. I thought he came back in the movie. I, I guess I remember him, the Mandela effect. I guess I remember him coming back in the movie or whatever. Okay. But whatever. Um, so then they start walking, uh, and then they lose oxygen, so Bruno takes them, and he powers down. Uh, and then we get to meet uh, Felix Laranya, uh, who's played by Luis... Luis um, Yes. Uh, Patron walked in on him, uh, like, the scene, not on him in real life. I was about walked to on, say, what? <laughs> uh, walked in on the scene with him in it, and she was like, hey, I love him. Uh, but he apparently idolizes Pluto Nash. Like, he idolizes Pluto Nash. So he wants to be Pluto Nash when he grows up. So they go to Moon Beach, 
which is basically the Las Vegas of the moon. Um, and so then they they try and go and confront Crater, uh, but uh, the slot machine tries to basically get Bruno to take her to bed. And I'm <laughs> is that the best way you would describe it? Well, what do you mean? The slot machine is like really on about Bruno. Like she's like, do the me slot bad boy. Is a bit aggressive. Yes. <laughs> do me bad boy. And I like how he just he put, he's a robot, so he obviously doesn't know. Like you broke me, you bastard. But <laughs> thought that scene was great. Any 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 scenes involving the robots to me were hilarious. Um, and so then, uh, basically they try and infiltrate uh, that. They get to, they get to see uh, Tony do his thing, and they like it. So they go back and see him, and they tell him, and he's like, "Gotcha, I'll bring you up to uh, I, I Rex do have Crater to say himself. one thing about the whole Tony Francis bit. Um, uh, first song, fine. Um, second song, uh, the uh, My Kind of Town. I, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not okay with how they how they worked Moon Beach into my kind of town. It just it doesn't flow well. It doesn't fit, and it just it it uh it it just hurts to listen to. Like I wanted to listen. To, I wanted to love this part of the movie so bad. I did, and then it just felt like they were. <laughs> I they could have played up. The fact that this character is so blatantly ripping off crooners of the early 20th century, but they never mentioned that once. They just say, oh, pretending to be Italian. Like, no, you could have played up the totally not Frank Sinatra thing a lot more. I just, ah, uh, there are so many ways this scene could have been done so much better. Anyway. Uh, we get to the elevator scene, which I really like a lot. Uh, I like how Tony's like, oh, you just go there, you just jump there, and you wait. Well, and he's like, jump where? Jump there! Where? Where is there? Where? Yeah, where like do you want me to jump? The live wires. <laughs> yeah. uh, that scene was great. If they put as much effort into that scene as they did the whole movie, the gross intake would be more than 7.1 mil. I don't know about you, but that's what I think. Uh, because this scene, I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, for sure. And so then we get out. Uh, they get ambushed. Uh, Bruno gets put in prison. Um, Rosario Dawson's character gets taken away, tries to go find Bruno. Um, while, while that's happening, she tries to get Bruno. Um, I love that there's other robots in there. And I love that he basically breaks himself out. With using the own the own technology against the actual guard, gets out, uh, and then they start walking away, and they get nabbed by the security. But while that's going on, uh, they get to meet Rex Crater himself, and guess who Rex Crater is? Are you ready dun, for this, But Maestro? Dun. So, why don't you okay. go ahead and talk about this scene? Because I know you. Thank, thank you, you love this movie more than me, I do. Because before we talk about this reveal, I just want to say, uh, I, I want to give my background with this movie a little bit. Because I told you a little bit before we started recording the show. Um, right. Back when I was in middle school or high school, 
Uh, we had, uh, my family had whatever, whichever one of the premium cable channels was free with our cable subscription at the time, whether it was Stars or HBO or Cinemax or whatever, which one, whichever one of those had Pluto Nash playing all the damn time. I mean, at least once a day, back to back. And like, wow, I can understand why someone who paid to see this movie would be upset that they paid to see this movie. I have never once paid to see this movie. I saw it for free over and over again on my parents' cable bill. And I saw it for free last night uh, because of the DVD I borrowed from the video store. So before I say anything about this movie, please take it with a grain of salt because I like this movie, but it's also because I've never actually paid money to see it. <laughs> that being said... Even the, all the times that I saw this in middle school, this twist made no damn sense to me. Oh, it 1, made a little percent. more sense last night. But even then, Glados watching it for the first time ever went, "What the fuck?" I was even like, "I was like, this doesn't make sense." <laughs> it's this so fucking absurd. I love it. And th this is the movie so, where it all it all really solidifies into this was meant to be a B movie. This yeah. had to had to have been meant to be like you, you can't take this movie seriously. It's a B movie. It's trying to be a B movie. I hope. It's a very expensive B movie, but it is trying to be a B movie. So, who is Rex Crater? But Maestro. Rex Crater is the clone of Pluto Nash that they made while he was in prison and he had his appendix taken out. Because the gangster on Earth, the, the crime lord on Earth, was like, Alec I need Baldwin. a front man on the moon. Because uh, it can't be me, but I need someone on the moon who can be the face of the business. So he made a clone from Pluto Nash's DNA because he thought, I need someone who knows the moon, you know, back and forth made a clone out of Pluto Nash's DNA, and then said clone took over the business and killed the doctor who made him and the crime lord who had him made. And just took it all over for himself. And for the last few months has been hunting down Pluto Nash to, to finally cut this one loose end. <laughs> He's fully a clone. That's his weird. Full rogue. Gone full chaotic evil. That is a weird ass thing, and you're probably like, "That's weird." That's the movie. That is literally the movie. I I just I think I explained it better than the movie ever did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then, uh, they have a fight. Um, and when what about when Morgan and Kelp arrive and Crater just kills them, just because they're incompetent, just straight up, just boom, boom. Uh, and so then. Uh, Pluto Nash and Crater fight, uh, and then we get the whole, oh, uh, who's the real clone? Blah blah blah. We get that. Yeah, we cliche. get that whole thing. And then uh, one and of then them shoots uh, Bruno. Yeah, Bruno falls down, and so they shoot Rex Crater, not knowing it's Rex Crater, uh, and then they take out um, his. There's uh, a good his, five his minutes worth of back and forth. Who is who? Yeah. Uh, going on a little bit longer than it should have. 
Uh, and so then uh, his lackey's like, "Hey, you're not you're not Rex Carter, you're Pluto Nash." And so then um, they they take him out, and then Rex Crater wakes up, and they take him out, and they push him out the window to his death on a on a craps table, I believe is exactly yes. how he's death. Yes. Uh, it's the most hilariously then, overdramatic death moment I've ever fucking seen in a movie, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then later we get to see uh, Club Pluto, where Nash is the owner. And that's the movie! Oh, and then we also get a scene where, uh, because he, he because Bruno is in love with a French robot, he needs to go buy an adapter to be in love with a French robot, but apparently he doesn't want to do that, because love is love. So he doesn't want to do that. Exactly, it's yeah. Weird. It's weird. Uh, and then Bruno becomes the manager, I believe. Yeah, he makes Bruno uh, the manager of the bar. Um, which apparently the first time ever a robot is manager. I had a weird Mandela effect with this movie where I thought okay. for some reason that there was another, like an end credit scene where Rex Crater is totally alive. Or something. Oh, or they geez. show that Pluto is actually Rex. I don't, I don't know. Jeez, this Mandela effect, man. It's affected box office bomb month! I'm just there kidding. we go. I'm just kidding. Uh, so that is the movie, guys. That is box office bomb month. That week is the one. Adventures of Pluto Nash. That is part one, week one of box office bombs month. Uh, but of course, we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. Whole gem, amazing movie. You have to see it. Half Half gem, eh, maybe rent it for 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 a discount or something. No gem. No gem. Don't even try. Don't even bother with it. Admiral, where would you place this? Whoa, 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 whoa! Glados, where would you put this movie? Glados is no longer in the room. Forgive me. Glados had to unplug uh, before she She dissipated. She dissipated. Okay, I would give this. A half gym. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's okay. It's a movie that you pick to sit around and chill with your friends. Or it's a movie that you have on when you're having a cookout. Or it's a movie when you have on when your friends are like, Hey, what do you want to watch? Got, hey, I got Adventure of the Pluto Nash. Let's get really drunk and watch this movie. That is what this movie is. And I understand that we say that a lot with these movies. But you need to also understand that movie is subjective. Just like art. Art is subjective. We're giving you our opinion about that's this. That's what this show is. Especially for me. I know the Admiral would, would argue differently. Uh, Admiral can call himself a movie critic. Because I believe he is a bit more qualified to say so. I do not I technically a have a degree. <laughs> I technically have a degree. You you have a degree in this. I don't. <laughs> I cannot call myself a movie I'm holding, critic. I am a nerd. I'm, ho- I'm with holding a my degree. I'm holding my degree right now. I'm pointing it at the at at the mic so people can see it through their ears. That being said, um, if it's okay with you, I'm gonna get my rating. Uh, of course, I like it. this movie. I don't love it. I can fully acknowledge there are a lot of really weak parts about it. I I think I only laughed maybe once or twice in the movie, and I don't think it was at things that they wanted me to laugh at. Um, but I still I have fun with this movie. Like it's it's not 
terrible. It's not great either, but I also can kind of accept it as a weird headcanon of, like, early Star Trek universe before humanity, like, got good. Um, I want to give this movie a kind of jagged-looking half of a moon rock. Half of a moon gem. Ha half a moon rock. Moon <laughs> really gem. scuffed up. Gems. But, like, gems. if someone brought you a moon rock... But it was a small a moon, moon rock and it kind of scuffed up uh -huh. looking. But they could prove to you it was still a moon rock. You would still moon like gem. put it on your mantle because it's a fucking moon rock. Moon gem. Moon rock. Sorry. Moon gem. <laughs> Do you like that I keep saying correct you? It's a gem. It's a moon gem. We're not cinema rocks. We're cinema gems. Cinema rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's the new intro. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, uh, but guys, rocks, uh, call it cinema gems. So, so we go ahead. We watch this movie. We describe the plot to you. We, you know, walked backwards through it as much as we could because the plot is very non-existent. Um, uh, so we want you to do a favor for us, and if you have a ch if you have any access to watch it, uh, please watch it if possible, and email in us in at cinema gems fifteen at gmail. Or Cinema Gems, uh, Cinema Gems underscore Pod on the Twitter, or Cinema Gems Pod on the Instagram, and let us know what you think about it. Let us know if you liked it, if you hated it, if you thought it was complete crap. We want to know what you guys thought. I just looked it up. It is on Amazon Prime. Okay, well then there you go. It's on Prime. So if you have access to Prime, uh, go check it out. Um, we are not going to reveal what next week's is, even though I have it, I'm holding it right here. I don't know if anybody can hear the... Your only hint, the, your only hint, the, guys, the, is I've never seen this movie before until in a few days when I rent it from the video store, aka borrow it from the Admiral. Which, by the way, I know a lot of y'all are listening and he does, he does pay to rent these movies. He takes off years that he has to do this show. There's years taken off. It's like, oh, you were in this movie? Oh, there's six months. There you go. Uh, six months. Six months. He does pay. He does pay. This is a joke, people. It's a joke. It's a joke. Anyway. Uh, uh, but yeah, guys. Uh, that's all I have for this week. Uh, I hope you liked last week's episode with, uh, with Murph. Where we reviewed Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, the 2011 movie. Um, I had a really fun time, and possibly there could be more coming, maybe. Not soon, soon, but possibly more. Um, I'm excited, guys, because it is still box office bomb month. This is week one. We have four weeks to go, guys. Oh four goodness. weeks. And the Buttmeister is excited, but also scared because he signed up for this. Yes, e really. equally scared and excited. That's about right, yeah. Are you scare-roused like Fry was? Scare-roused! I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> um, but guys, thank you, Marty the Arrogant Zerber, for letting us use your website, lowerandpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And, of course, the very illustrious Bud Maestro himself, thank you for putting together a theme at the very last second and sending it to me. I loved it. And also, you can oh, follow me on Twitter... Too. Twitter, Twitter, and me, and Instagram, and Holland Sci-Fi. Um, and where can they find you, Bud Maestro? 
uh, Instagram, the Robear MMX, Twitter, the Robear 2010, and of course, I'm uh, your lovely moderator on our Twitter page, CinemaGems underscore pod. Uh, oh. You can tweet at the CinemaGems page, or you can email us at CinemaGems15 at gmail.com. We want your recommendations, recipes, comments, concerns, questions, criticisms, uh, all of your button maestro hate mail. Bring it on. Tell me how wrong I am. I want to learn. Exactly. I want to know. Uh, can you show me? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. All right, people. We got to go. He's starting to sing. Let's just let's wrap it up. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's all we have for this week. We will see you next week for week two of Box Office Bomb Month. All I have to say, say guys, is this show wouldn't be here without y'all listening. Uh, thank you for y'all. emailing. I have to get back to some emails and rewrite, rewrite some people because I am excited uh, that you guys are actually uh, sending in uh, emails. Um, also, guys, you're amazing people, and please remember to take care of yourself, to take a day, take a personal day, but also just look inwards and see what you can do for yourself before you help someone else. As always, I um, want to thank all of our amazing Swapper Jacks and... Uh, friends and family members who support the show and give us feedback and ideas. Uh, We love all y'all. As always, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to other people. Be safe. Uh, And also, guys, uh, wipe your hose. And black lives always matter, guys. But also, have a wonderful day and see y'all next week. Bye. Bye, guys.